When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by co-host and editor of thewolfpacker.com, Matt Carter. And today we've got a good show ahead. Uh, we're going to talk NC State women's basketball. The women are back in the Sweet 16 once again, trying to take that next step as a program, especially with Westmore at the helm. He's already brought the program to the top of the ACC now it's time to bring the Wolfpack back to the Final Four. We'll talk about NC State's chances at doing exactly that in the Bridgeport region. We'll also talk a little bit about the new Adidas NIL deal that's going to impact NC State and basically every college in the country that has an athletics program that uh, is sponsored by Adidas, uses Adidas gear. So we'll talk about that and the implications at NC State. And lastly, we'll wrap it up with a little conversation about you know, the ACC men, they were supposed to be having a bad year. It's supposed to be a down year, but they're doing pretty darn well in the NCAA tournament. So we'll talk a little bit about that and maybe, uh, you know, talk about what, what, the, what the environment could be like in the ACC next season after this tournament and, you know, where NC State kind of stands and all of that. So uh, before we get started with the show, some reminders for the listeners and viewers at home. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts, we're there. Plus, we're always on YouTube, so you can watch us on YouTube. And if you are watching us on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel, give this video a thumbs up, and drop a comment while you're at it. Uh, last, uh, The last podcast episode, I asked the viewers to smash that thumbs up button. And you guys responded. So thank you for doing that. Please continue to do so. It helps us out tremendously. Uh, lastly, head over to thewolfpacker.com right now. Take advantage of a special deal the On3 Network has going on. For just a dollar, you can get a year's worth of premium subscription to the On3 Network, which includes all the great work at thewolfpacker.com. So be sure to take advantage of that special deal. It'll take you all the way through football season, all the way through next basketball season, and you'll be having premium information on everything NC State Athletics all the way through next year's Sweet 16, when hopefully the men and the women will both be in the Sweet 16. Fingers crossed, Matt, but we'll talk about the women first, because we've got to talk about 2022. We are here in the moment. Last podcast, we kind of skimped over uh, you know, our, our conversation about NC State's first and second rounds in Reynolds Coliseum probably lasted about two minutes we both seem to be under the consensus that yeah nc state isn't going to have any issues in the first two games of the ncaa tournament that turned out to be exactly the case nc state gets by its uh, 16th seeded opponent in reynolds coliseum with ease moves on to the second round and takes care of business against kansas state demolishes them was up what like 30 points in the fourth quarter everybody got to play everybody got a curtain call that wanted a curtain call and you know, you did so without Alyssa Kunain for a majority of that game after she picked up two quick fouls in the first half. Uh, I think she scored just four points in that game. So 
NC State even left a little bit on the table and still won by 30. On to the Sweet 16, where the Wolfpack will first face Notre Dame. We'll get to the bigger conversation about UConn. Everybody wants to talk about UConn, NC State going to the Bridgeport Regional, all that stuff. We can bring that up in just a second. But Matt, for starters with the women, what do you think about this matchup with Notre Dame? NC State has only lost once this year to an ACC opponent, and it was Notre Dame. Um, that doesn't mean Notre Dame's a better team. NC State clearly has the better resume, but, um, can you, can you go back to that game, Matt? Do you remember that game well enough to, to pinpoint what went wrong in that game? And how do you like NC State's chances of correcting it now that they were in the sweet 16? Sure. I go back to the, uh, Notre Dame game. It's real simple two things really happened. Uh, that was an, another game that Alyssa Kanan got into foul trouble. Uh, she finished the game with four fouls. I think she played less than 20 minutes in the game. Uh, Notre Dame was playing well. Give them credit. They have a very capable low post player in Maya Dotson. She's a transfer from uh, Stanford. Um, she had 20 and 10 against NC State. I think she had 20 and uh, um second round game of, of when they just crushed Oklahoma. I mean, they, they destroyed Oklahoma in the second round by 40 some points. They put a hundred, they put a hundred points on them. That's, yeah. So that's yeah, tough to do. Yeah. Had the not uh, playing as much as typically. Uh, then, yeah, that was also kind of a, I think what I would call a transition moment for Diamond Johnson, right? Diamond Johnson is a young woman who has scored her entire life. Now, you talked to her high school coach when she transferred in. She stayed. And, you know, she her job was to score. She was the go go to player for every team she's ever been on. And I think I wonder. This is my speculation. I kind of wondered if it took her a while to understand. Uh, I'm on a team that had a bunch of great players. You mentioned Alyssa Kinane had four points. You know, she had two points going into the third quarter against Kansas State, who's good enough to be in the second round of the NCAA tournament, and they were up by 30 points over Kansas State. That just shows you the depth of talent this NC State team had. Um, In that Notre Dame game, Diamond Johnson shot it 23 times and made six shots. She was one for 11 from three. And I think it was the next game, she did not get much playing time at all. And I think that was kind of that transition point of Westmore really driving home the point. We don't need you to shoot it 23 times. There are other girls on the floor who can make baskets. There are a lot of other girls on the floor who can make baskets. And you see that Diamond has kind of evolved into more of a uh, true point guard, I would say, where you see her trying to pass it more to teammates and just not look for her three-point shot. So I think that was kind of what was going on against Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame jumped out to uh, not a big lead. I think they were up by seven or eight for quite a bit of the second quarter. State got it down a little bit at, right before halftime, and then Notre Dame went on a run. Not a big run, but got it up to 10, 12 points. State went on another run. Actually had some chances to tie the game in the last minute, multiple chances, and ended up losing by, uh, by three. Um, I think that was also the kind of point in the season. Westmore has talked about a lot 
spot where there was a time around January, early February, where the team was like, can we just get to March? We're tired of this. We came back to make a run in March. We're bored. We know we're good. You know, kind of the grind and the through the motions aspect was starting to hit on NC State. And there were a series of games where they would start slow. Remember the Carolina game in Chapel Hill, which I believe was on uh, the uh, AFC NFC Championship game day, mm-hmm. right? Similar scenario where they just, all right, showed up second half and took care of the heels. But it took them a long time to kind of get going in that game. And it was a similar scenario that played out at Notre Dame. Um, so this is a different NC State team. They hadn't had that issue in a while. They have looked good so much lately between both the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament. Um, I think everybody's very comfortable in their roles right now. So, But I will say that Notre Dame is the team of the future in the ACC. Uh, and they have a lot of talent. They got two freshman guards that are going to be All-Americans. And Olivia Miles and uh, Citron, I believe is the other girl's name. Um, Olivia Miles had the first ever triple-double by a freshman in NCAA men or women tournament history. The other girl with the ACC freshman of the year. They got a lights-out three-point shooter. They got the Maya Dotson girl who hurt NC State quite a bit. They got a power forward who was the ACC rookie of the year last year. It just A lot of the important pieces are freshmen and sophomores, so they're a weird team. Mm-hmm. They'll beat NC State one day, lose to Florida State the next. They'll cross Oklahoma by 40-some points. What if I told you about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, they played Louisville at home, and in the second quarter, was down 45-4. to four. Whoa. To, yeah. Whoa. 45-4. to four. Did I did not know quarter. that. <laughs> wow. So – that just shows you how they have kind of been. Now wait, wait, hold on, because I've also I've watched Louisville a couple times this year. One of those times being when they played NC State. Now Louisville did hang on to win that game, right? Forty-five to four. They won by like thirty points. Yes. Okay, I just want to yeah. make sure that they didn't choke the lead because that was. That had been an issue for them a couple of times. They did okay. that. Yes, obviously. Yes. Okay. Uh, I actually, I don't know. I get your thoughts on this, but I actually think it's good for NC State to kind of play a team they're familiar with because I think there is a bit of a mm-hmm. sweet sixteen roadblock. Like they, they've this is the fourth straight trip. I would be a little bit more nervous if they were playing in Oklahoma and they're trying to, you know, just trying to question to get over and and get past this round. Playing somebody who a they're familiar with. B, beat them earlier this year in a close game in which they probably immediately afterwards were like, how did we lose? Why did we lose that game? Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of think that's good for NC State. It, it maybe takes some of that edge of, all right, we're back in the Sweet 16. We have got to win this game. No more losing in the Sweet 16. More so, I think Notre Dame, they beat us this year. We know these girls. They beat us. We owe them. Yeah. Payback, you know, and, and, Take a little bit of that off of getting past this week 16 and put a little bit more on to an opponent. And so I actually think it, it, it might be a good thing for NC State. I'm right there with you, Matt. I think uh, 
you know, short of like a double digit seed somehow advancing to the Sweet 16 and NC State getting some bracket luck in that regard, I think this is probably the best case scenario for the Wolfpack. Like you said, you know, if, if you were to ask Wolfpack fans before the tournament started, NC State's going to cruise its way to the Sweet 16. And when they get to the Sweet 16, they'll face an ACC opponent. I think everybody, every NC State fan in the world that has watched this team would have taken that deal because they know how dominant this team has been against ACC competition. And yes, the one area that gives you pause is that this is the one ACC team that beat the Wolfpack. But I also think that plays in NC State's favor because if you look at the track record while Westmore has been at NC State, particularly while NC State has been on this you know, multi-year tear of being a top 10 program, every time there's been an opportunity for revenge, they've, they've, they've gotten revenge. I mean, they're, they're a team that um, when energized, when motivated – um, is capable of beating anybody in the country. And I think that this team is so good and so deep that, you know, unless they're playing another one or two seed, that type of talent level, unless they meet another true juggernaut, there has to be some complacency involved for this team to, to drop a game. Like, I, I think... If you, Wes Moore, I, I watched some of his availability this week, and he talked about last year's loss to Indiana in the Sweet 16. And he basically said Indiana was just tougher than us. They took it to us. They wanted it more. They were just hungrier. Because NC State was kind, it was kind of this magical dance of, you know, it was last year's tournament was in the bubble. It was the first tournament back after the pandemic year. So it had been a couple of years since they had been in the NCAA tournament. They had just won the ACC championship against Louisville. They got the first one seed in program history. They waltzed their way to the Sweet 16. They had the injury problems, but it was almost kind of like, yeah, I think we're just kind of going to will our way to the Final Four. And they almost it almost got the appearance that maybe they were looking ahead a little bit with Indiana. Nobody expected Indiana to push NC State around. So I just think NC State, based on what happened last year in the Sweet 16, based on what happened in the regular season against Notre Dame, based on the fact that it is a fellow ACC opponent, I feel very confident in NC State's chances uh, tomorrow, Saturday, March 26th, 11.45 p.m. tip? Uh, morning. I thought it was 11.30. but 11.30? Yeah. So early. It, it's a damn shame. I'm going to complain about it. I mean, yeah, as, as a as a media guy, you always want the earliest game possible. And I'm not complaining about it either because it's going to tip off at 8.30 over here for me. But yeah. I'd like to I will see... Say that I, don't, I don't discount Notre Dame. Let me, I will say that. I, I don't want to make it seem like we think it's a foregone conclusion. Notre Dame does have, you know, Olivia Miles is going to be a potential player of the year in the ACC. She's an incredible point guard. I've seen her play a few times this year, and she does wild things on the court. And they, they're just—they're not incredibly deep. They do rely a lot on a couple of freshmen and and some sophomores. They really only have one lady that you would say is a great shooter. The rest of them are very streaky, so-so. So they—they so. they have weaknesses, but just in terms of sheer talent. They have a lot of pieces, particularly in that starting five. So it will be a challenge for entry states. I just don't want people to think that we're thinking that state's going to go in there and, and turn in another performance like they did against Kansas State. No, de definitely not. But I feel confidently that NC State will win. I, I, I will say I'm 
I'm saying that as my prediction because, yes, I agree, Notre Dame has the talent to beat NC State. Look at the context, though. This team, if they go, if they go into the locker room down, somebody's yelling at somebody. I mean, uh, you know, Kanane's going to go in there and smack some people around and say, look, we're not losing this effing game. I mean, come on. It, all these seniors that came back. Now, let's talk about where I think NC State could run into some issues, which is the next game. Presuming they beat Notre Dame, the Elite Eight, they're going to face the winner. The winner of NC State, Notre Dame, will face the winner of the three-seed, Indiana, and the two-seed, UConn, which UConn just so happens to be a co-host of mm-hmm. the uh, Bridgeport Regional. Uh, what the I saw some pictures going around on Twitter of the court. I see UConn, U- University of Connecticut's name on the banner courtside. Matt, just your quick thoughts on what's the deal with uh, what's the deal with UConn? You know, hosting are they hosting this regional? Are they not hosting this regional? They're not supposed to be hosting this regional. I don't I'm, like the talk, yeah. but your thoughts. My you're not general. You're not supposed to be playing in a regional past week sixteen round that you're considered a quote unquote host, and obviously. It said that the, the banner says hosted by Fairfield and UConn. Um, they're obviously not going to cut Connecticut out of the regional. So obviously there was some, something in the woods. Maybe I misunderstood it or others have misunderstood it, but maybe that's just applicable to the men's game and not the women's game. We said this last week. I'll say my piece again. Do I think it was fair? No, I don't. I, I think that it, it, do I think it was a business decision? I do. Do I? That's why Bridgeport, Connecticut's hosting a regional, right? I mean, it was, they, they were the, uh, when they assigned these regionals, whatever X amount of years ago, and they're looking at regional host sites, they're looking at places that they can fill will sell tickets. Well, they know Connecticut will sell tickets because they're making a very logical assumption that Connecticut would be a one seed. And, yeah, because they're going to defend one seed for eternity now. And it didn't turn out that way. And so the NCAA kind of got put uh, a rock in a hard place or whatever it's called, whatever the saying goes. And um, they chose to sell out, I guess it's the best way you could say it, and, and make sure the tickets were sold. Business decision was made. And it's not the fairest decision. Of course not. I mean, that's, that's easy to say. It wasn't the fairest decision. Do you have to get over it and do your best, whatever? I mean, just look at the teams left in this tournament. All four number one seeds are left. Um, yeah, I do know a couple of number two seeds have lost, but a lot of the number two seeds, uh, you're not going to, as I said last week, you're not going to backdoor your way into a national title. You're going to have to play two, if not three, really tough teams maybe even four really tough teams to win a national championship. So you can't, you're not going to get away from a challenge at some point. Yeah. You just would rather that the game to go to the final four and not be a road game. Um, so yeah, that's where it's not the fairest thing in the world. No, I will say I watched Connecticut play central Florida in the second round in an actual true home arena game. And honestly, if central Florida makes some free throws, it could have put off the upset. They definitely uh, could have. And uh, and uh, it was Princeton playing Indiana, right, in the second round. 
Yeah, Princeton. I do not understand what Princeton was doing on the last possession. You're down two and hold them for the last second shot with 25, 30 seconds to go. I mean, I'm sorry. When you're losing, you don't have that luxury. You have to go. Time. Yeah, you don't have the luxury of taking a last shot. And then they ended up turning it over with two to three seconds left. Um, I, I, I thought that was a poor, poor decision on their part. But, yeah, most definitely. They um, – they too, they were and obviously NC State beat Indiana earlier this year. Now that was a really close game, very mm-hmm. competitive game. NC State pulled out late at um, Indiana. At Indiana, obviously Indiana beat NC State last year. So, well, I to get to the Final Four, I think they're going to have to win two very competitive games, particularly that second game, because I think Indiana clearly matches up against NC State. They've proven that. They're clearly really good. They played for the Big Ten title. Uh, they've been top ten most of the season, if not all the season. Obviously, playing Connecticut in storage is a whole different animal. <laughs> I mean, that's just a challenge in and of itself. So they, are, I'm pretty sure. I think they're now 46 and 0 or something like that in tournament games played in Connecticut. So hmm. obviously, hmm. history not on your side, but um, means it. You know all that means, right? It just means they they're do due. For just means they're <laughs> due, right? Hey, here's my here's I gave you my prediction. NC State's going to beat Notre Dame. That's my prediction on the top end of the bracket. But my prediction on the bottom end of the bracket, because this is the funny way sports work. A lot of times, Matt, with all this talk about oh we don't want to play UConn, we don't want to play UConn in Bridgeport Regional. It's unfair. It's unfair. Watch Indiana go beat UConn tomorrow night. <laughs> And then and then it's NC State, Indiana, and then you got and then you got nothing except who's the better team, and I'd go back to my if that's the matchup. You, how many fans do you think would be in towards Connecticut for that game? Well, you know, I hear so much about how just how passionate the fan base uh, for women's basketball is up in Connecticut. So I'd expect you know if they're true women's basketball <laughs> fans that they wouldn't simply sell their tickets and they wouldn't simply let their Elite Eight tickets go to waste. I mean, you'd think all those UConn women's basketball diehards would still go support the game, support the product, and go out to the stadium. I don't know. And also, uh, what's what's the general consensus in Raleigh? Are some NC State fans making the trip up to, uh, up to well, Bridgeport? My, under- my understanding is that 70% of the tickets for Bridgeport were sold prior oh. to the tournament being announced. Um, Oops! That passionate Connecticut fan base, uh, and I'm sure they were quick to grab the remaining thirty percent of those tickets before NC State fans could do their planning and hotels and and all what have you. So, well, if it if it if it turns out NC State if if well, it doesn't matter if NC State or Notre Dame wins. If it's Indiana in the Elite Eight, it's going to be a shame. If that's it's a if if it's a half empty building for for the girls playing that game, but it would be pretty hilarious egg in the face on the NCAA like oh you know we put UConn in Bridgeport you know we 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 crossed some ethical boundaries here within our own rules and regulations and then we don't even get the matchup we want so I don't know we'll see uh, NC State's gonna have the work cut out for it no matter if they get Indiana or UConn but UConn certainly certainly looked beatable in 
based on how they performed in the second round of the tournament against UCF. And don't just presume UConn's normal UConn. I mean, Paige Beckers was hurt for a good majority of the season. Basketball's a team sport. You can't just you can't just inject somebody in the lineup and everybody plays back to normal. You know, she's got to work her way back into the rotation and that team probably is yeah. meshing like NC State. Yeah, Kelly Gramlich of uh, ACC Network was on local radio here, and she said it, it is not vintage Connecticut this year. So uh, I think people have a perception of that. Still, they're still doing good. Don't get me wrong, but um, people may have a perception of dominant, unbeatable, win healthy Connecticut, and that's probably not the case. This is a Connecticut team that back with the pack with the rest of, you know not necessarily pun intended um but there with the other you know it's not one of those years where connecticut is clearly up here and then there's a group of really good teams here and then the rest of women's basketball you know connecticut is with the group of really good teams including nc state so um that's even for healthy well we'll see how it all unfolds this weekend hopefully next week we'll be having a final four preview podcast as opposed to a season reflection podcast for the women um so we'll see we'll be back next week talking about the women one way or the other and i'm looking forward to seeing what happens this weekend in bridgeport uh let's talk about the adidas nil deal matt so i'm 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 admitting right now i have not read an article about the specific details of what this adidas nil deal is but I kind of had a general idea, and you gave me the Reader's Digest format before we started this podcast. And I think you're you're pretty close. I mean, it, it seems like Adidas is just going to send a bunch of money to these schools, and these schools, are they going to have money to give to their players as an NIL yeah. deal? Yeah, I don't think specifically the school would dole it out because that's not – Can't do that. Can't about. do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that basically Adidas is going to put a pot of money together, um, distribute it as they see fit, first to the Power Five and HBCU, um, historically black colleges and universities. Um, they will get the first pot of the money, and then it will start spreading out to the others. But but they only have 10 Power Five programs, if I'm right, if I remembered. A lot of them in the ACC, ironically. Uh, Miami, Louisville. Yeah. Um, NC State, maybe I think Notre Dame might be Adidas too. Um, so that's kind of weird. They, they they do have a little bit of a foothold in the ACC, but uh, but those Adidas schools will now have their athletes will be able to. They're going to get money from Adidas, nil money from Adidas, and you know if they're willing to commit a few million dollars into it. Um, yeah, you're talking about a good athlete at NC State is probably going to get a five, five-figure five check, out of, a healthy five-figure check out of this. And, look, you know, I'm not going to get into details. The, the, the rumors are crazy right now, and I believe them about what's going on. And people think it's just recruiting. It's not just that. As I put on our message board, it's transfers. We're going to get to a point where a really good player at NC State Maybe approach and say, "Hey, go to an SEC school. We'll give you a hundred grand, right?" And yeah. stuff like that is going to start happening soon. Not just in Tree State, other schools, Wake Forest, Chapel Hill. I mean, you know, 
other schools are going to be hit with that. And all of a sudden, you're going to, you know, it's going to get to a point where all of a sudden you're going to start seeing good power five football players and maybe even basketball players, but I think more so football players are going to leave their schools to go to the upper echelon SEC. And it's not for competitive regions, it's for money regions. Um, that's what the system creates. So it's a wild, wild west out there right now. But for NC State, this is good news because you are an upper echelon Adidas client. They don't have as many schools as Nike does. So their financial commitment for them goes further, right? Because it's like you're in a conference with 14 teams and you got $50 million to spread to your conference from a TV deal where every team's going to get about $3 million or something, three, three and a half million dollars. If you're a 10 team conference and you get a $50 million deal, you every team's getting $5 million. There's less to spread around than say with Nike. Um, so we'll have to see how much financial commitment Adidas is putting into this program, but it's a potentially nice boost that kind of gives you a little less to worry about hey, losing players <laughs> over NIL money. And, and I think that's going to be, that's, it's not just recruiting. It is holding on to your own players um, who don't feel like they're losing out on NIL money that they could get at other schools. It's just, just funny to see in the past year how, you know, this years long NCAA investigation into NC state, Mm -hmm. you know, has dragged out, dragged out, dragged out. Is the, is the program going to get a postseason ban? What are the punishments going to be? Still got punished. Didn't get the punishment that everyone feared, but still got punished for something that now is completely legal and celebrated in the sense that, you know, the, the main accusation was that Dennis Smith Jr. got a loan of a, of a healthy five-figure amount. And now we're not even talking about a loan. We're talking about an endorsement deal. Just funny how things change that quickly. And, uh, you know, I, I don't... NCAA, I don't know how you can even prosecute, you know, or punish much much of these deals anymore because it's like it's now all legal so now it just seems stupid like you so you're telling me what i did three years ago was wrong but now that i'm doing it it's okay because we've changed the rules okay well it's uh i had to crack quick going forward it what do you do going forward how can you put guardrails on the thing how can, can you create a credible free market system for these players to genuinely cast in on genuine name, image, and likeness versus universities and trying to use this as a recruiting tool and a recruiting advantage and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's going to be true. I don't know. Honestly, there may not be a way. You just have, might have to be a reality we have to accept. Well, I, ho- I hope that there is a senior mid-major point guard Somewhere out there in the transfer portal that sees these headlines is like, you know what? You know what sound nice? A thirty grand check from Adidas. I mean, again, I don't know I don't know the terms, but I'm just throwing a number out there. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to Raleigh, take NC State back to the NCAA tournament as a veteran point guard, uh, go get my NIL deal. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know how how quickly uh do you think these funds will be dispersed? I mean, is this something that we could be seeing as right, right. next right. season? Okay. That's the plan. 
tai Buckle up, my friend. You know the kind of movie going to be coming from Adidas, uh, from uh, Nike. That's oh, yeah. Well, just just wait and see yeah. how much money they give. And then I'm sure but knowing I, Nike's I, track record Adidas. historically, they're just going to try to embarrass Adidas. Yeah. Somebody told me that, that Adidas actually worldwide is bigger than Nike now. So I don't even know. I don't keep up with that stuff at all. It could be. I think Adidas has a pretty big uh, foreign market. And they're pretty big. They're pretty big in soccer, so yeah, that, that's kind of the global yeah. sport. Yeah. Go. How about Team USA tying Mexico last night? And I know you wanted to talk about Team USA tying Mexico and world qualifying down in Mexico City last night. Um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Let me, wait, wait, wake me up. Wake me up when the World Cup starts. I don't. Well, you got to get there. Folks. We weren't there last time. We have to get there first. So we're two matches away from nailing this this thing down and getting back into the World Cup in Qatar, I believe. Okay, cool. Uh, before the listeners tune out, uh, we're going to transition out of soccer talk, and we're going to transition to Panama this weekend for the next match. Matt, Matt, I can, I, I know the, the listeners are logging out as as we're speaking right here. Last Panama. thing I wanted to get to. Last thing I wanted to get to. Before you tune out, I want to talk about men's basketball a little bit. We talked a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, ACC men's basketball. Been perceived by the national media and local media as a down year for the league. I don't think there's any way you can spin it. It was a down regular season for the league, but the ACC still got in, what, uh, five, yeah, five teams into the NCAA tournament. Uh Three of them are still standing, and we are halfway through the Sweet 16. And uh, last time I checked, ACC is nine and two, nine and two in the in the NCAA tournament thus far. You've got Duke in the Elite Eight already, Miami and North Carolina playing tonight, the date we're recording this podcast for a spot in the Elite Eight. Matt, does this change your perspective at all of the way of of the strength of this league this year? Does it change the perspective at all for NC State's ability to compete in some of these games in conference versus games they weren't able to compete in? And how does this set up for next season in terms of do you think the ACC is going to build momentum off of this run, have a better regular season next year, and how that could potentially impact NC State in terms of where they're going next year? Yeah, I think to me, it conf- I honestly thought that the ACC was probably a little better than getting credit for it based on what I was seeing in person. Um, but you just couldn't deny what happened in November and December. I mean, look, I didn't do beating Gonzaga and Notre Dame beating Kentucky. There wasn't a whole lot for the league to hang their hat on. And Duke did also lose at Ohio State, and North Carolina got boat raced in some non-conference games like Kentucky and um, Purdue. Yeah, Purdue, and they lost to Texas, I think. So uh, Virginia with some very embarrassing early non-conference losses. Virginia Tech did not beat a good team in non-conference play. I mean, NC State contributed to it. They lost to Wright State, who ended up being in the tournament, but still uh, not a good <laughs> – I mean uh, – and then some schools didn't play together, like Wake Forest, which is why they 
when the NIT, they were a carbon copy of 2019 NC State. Didn't make tournament, end up in quarterfinals of the NIT where they lost, just like the NC State did. Um, so, yeah, I had a lot of these things going on. But when I'm watching the ACC, I'm, they, they don't look that bad. You know, you thought it's seen teams catching up to Duke. You saw UNC make great growth during the season. You saw Miami and Notre Dame you know, backing up some of their non-conference play with wins. And then you started teams competing with each other. And I, I told you before the podcast, I think this is just a product of, look, these schools are all – Miami was bringing in Charlie Moore. UNC was bringing in Brady Mannix. And um, – uh, Notre Dame was bringing in Paul Atkinson. Duke was bringing in all these newcomers. It just perhaps in the age of the transfer portal, it just takes a little longer to everything to come together. And there was also a bad year with injuries for teams like Florida State and NC State and Clemson. Uh, and usually bad year for injuries. Virginia's another team with uh, Jalen Gardner and, and Franklin from Indiana coming in. And they just got off to a slow start. But I, I do, you know, the sports writers have a tendency to jump into conclusions and then moving on. And they, the Jeff Goodmans of the world and all these other people, they love to crap on the ACC early and they moved on. They got their chance to crap on the ACC. They did. They moved on. Never looked back. Never allowed themselves to have their opinion changed. And I think it was even maybe Dan Wolken of USA Today maybe even wrote a column in the ACC tournament about how bad the ACC was. And then it made it, maybe the ACC was better than we thought. If Notre Dame didn't have to play three games in five days, it would have been one quarter of the Sweet 16 were ACC teams. And so I, I do think they maybe justified what a lot of coaches were saying. We're better than you think. And going forward, I don't think it carries over. I really don't because everything's year to year now in, in college basketball. Just got to see how the silly season plays out. All of these teams playing right now are probably going to take heavy losses in personnel. We know Duke is. Duke might lose their entire team pretty much. Um, UNC might lose pretty much their entire starting five. Um, Miami, you know, Isaiah Wan's gone. Charlie Moore has been playing college basketball for 10 years. So eventually he's got to run out of eligibility. Um, Notre Dame with an older team. Blake Wesley might be a one and done. Virginia Tech with an older team. They're going to storm Murphy with their super senior. They're going to lose some very important guys. So all these teams that made the tournament are going to be taking important losses. And so how they come out of silly season with their new look roster for next year will determine everything. It, it, you just don't know. But for NC State, it, how do they come out of silly season? Do Manny Bates, Taquavion Smith, Darion Seaborn, do two out of three come back? If so, and they get a point guard, what to say they can't do what Miami and Notre Dame and Wake did, which is make huge jumps next year. So I think that's the example for you. I would use it that way if I'm NC State. The example set. All these teams that were supposed to, that sucked a year ago, were either in the NCAA or in the NIT because they played a real bad schedule. Uh, otherwise, they would have been in the NCAA. So, uh, you know me, I'm, I can be a glass half full on that regard. I know everybody is glass half empty, so I'm going to try to be glass half full. And say there's a template there. 
you just got to come out of the silly season. But I don't think any of this carries over for next year because all of these teams are going to look dramatically different. My only hope is that NC State as a team and the coaching staff is watching these games, watching these tournament games. I almost wonder, you know, do these college athletes, if they're not in the tournament, do they even care about watching? I, I don't I don't know. I don't I really don't know. Um, but I hope they are watching because to me, when I watch the level of play in the tournament right now, I feel like it's something that NC State should be able to build towards in the sense that NC State's got to get back to some form of identity. All these teams in the NCAA tournament, they have an identity. You know what they do well. You know what they don't do well. With NC State, it was just, they didn't have an identity this past season. Their identity was they're not really a good defensive team, and they can be a good offensive team when they're sharing the ball and their playmakers are on. But sometimes they'll go into these five to ten minute stretches where they won't even take one good shot during that stretch and that's not a winning basketball formula and I don't think it's the identity of this program um so you know I didn't I just didn't hear a lot you know when you think about the identity of this program since Keats has joined he wants to create turnovers he wants to push the tempo and he wants to he wants to play strong defense and he needs good guard play and I think he can get back to that this next season And if you look at some of these teams that are having success in the NCAA tournament that can be a successful formula. Look at look at what Arkansas did to Gonzaga. I mean, it, you can win by having your strength on the defensive end. I think Keats wants to have high deflections. He wants to force turnovers. I think they kind of got away from that this year. I know the injuries played a factor in that, and it's harder to force turnovers when you don't have an elite rim protector in the lineup. But just that that's that's my note is that NC State just. Not only was it a bad season, but NC State, it was just an unrecognizable product compared to the, the years past. And NC State's got to get back get back to its identity. And uh, this is going to be a confidence-building year, so we'll see. Hopefully they get the pieces this summer to do exactly that, and hopefully we see a more recognizable form of NC State basketball on the court next year. Yeah, and I'll just close with this, too. One of these things I think Mark has shown is that NC State actually played a pretty good schedule. And I think things got away late. Yeah. And that happened. When they, when when you, when you it goes downhill, it get, it turns miserable. And, it get, and I, you know, they, they did – I thought they tried to compete pretty well in the ACC tournament. They had a nice win at Georgia Tech. So they didn't completely close it down. But um, when you look at it, Colgate, won their conference in the NCAA tournament. Wright State won their conference into the NCAA tournament. Texas Southern won their conference, won one of the first four games in in the NCAA tournament. Richmond, Richmond won their conference, beat Iowa in the first round of the uh, NCAA tournament. Purdue into the Sweet 16 right now. Oklahoma State didn't have a very good year with an eligible, but they played the toughest conference in America, and then that was still top 50. Um, I think the Big 12 clearly emerged at the toughest conference in America this year. Um, yeah, and so you got – it was a good non-conference schedule. It really was. It was a very solid – like Justin will tell you, I, I, I tooted that horn from the moment it, the details were coming out about the schedule. So I, they did. They did play a good schedule. 
and you look at some of those early ACC losses, like Miami on the road, uh, that they came so close to winning. Uh, it turns out Miami was a pretty good team. And they, yeah, there were so many of those type of games. Almost beat Virginia Tech at home where they could have swept the, a very good Virginia Tech team. Um, they just got away late. But I think it, something can be said for this was a more challenging schedule than people gave it credit for, especially as the ACC proved to be a little better. And it was a front-loaded ACC schedule, and it proved to be a little better than we thought. All right. Well, that'll do it for this podcast. Uh, Wolfpack fans, be sure to tune in to the Wolfpack women over the weekend. They'll play the Sweet 16 game Saturday morning, 11.30. Presuming they beat the Fighting Irish, they will then play their Elite Eight game on Monday. Presumably, if it's UConn, it's definitely going to be a primetime game. So we'll see how that action unfolds. Hopefully this new Adidas NIL money will help the Wolfpack in the transfer portal. They sure need it. Uh, And that's going to do it for this podcast. Uh, Last reminders, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, we're there. Uh, Plus, we're on YouTube. You can watch us on YouTube. Uh, If you are watching us on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel. Give this video a thumbs up and drop a comment while you're at it. Uh, Head over to thewolfpacker.com. Take advantage of the special deal. For just a dollar, you can get a year's worth of premium subscription to thewolfpacker.com and the On3 network. Uh, So go ahead and take advantage of that deal while you still can. Lastly, follow us on social media. You can follow our main account at the Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will on Twitter and give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on thewolfpacker.com. So for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.